What's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on this Monday. Danny Canel, Rajah Bell with you. We have a ton of stuff to get to. Break down uh, the entire NFL slate, some college football, as well as we'll have some fun. I was uh, in an interesting predicament yesterday as we're moving. My family is moving from one house to another. It's like one of those major life moments that are supposed to be really stressful. My wife has been slow packing for like a month. Right. And I was giving her such a hard time. I'm like, why are you packing so early for this move? It's not for a month away. I was the procrastinator. <laughs> so yesterday I have the NFL red zone on every TV in the house. Meanwhile, running around room, like just throwing stuff in boxes, packing it up. It's a mess. You always have way more stuff than you think you have. Yes. Like and you always you don't think need. You can, yeah, so what do you do with it? Cause my wife is a I'm big a liquidator. Chuck it. I'm a liquidator. You are too. See, I'm, I'm a, a little bit, I'm not a hoarder as bad as like the shows, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that has a trouble parting yeah, ways. Like with my things. wife, like my high school football helmet, for example, I still have it. Well, and like it's old and ratty and it doesn't look that great. That's memorabilia though. I mean, that falls <laughs> in another My wife category. would love to chuck it. She would love to say, get rid of this. Uh, see, it's a memorabilia falls in a different category. <laughs> I agree. But like an old pair of sneaks that you haven't worn in four years, go ahead and chuck those. I wouldn't Some have a problem jeans with Jeans that aren't in style now and probably aren't coming back. Go ahead and liquidate that. But they say what's old is new again. Like I, some of those listen, ones. I'll like, just buy it again. <laughs> there you go. If you got it like that, you can. The other thing that I chucked a bunch of. I'm kind of, I hope I'm not kicking myself. Baseball cards. My dad and I started a collection when we were kids. Yeah, see, you're not, you're, you're like, and like box upon box and they're heavy. What are you, you're bugging out? Thick. Yeah. Well, that's, so you're saying keep them. Dog, you I don't, don't know. Chuck that. I watched a documentary on Netflix about baseball cards specifically and how the entire industry was one big sham mm. and how they've all like, there was a bubble and it burst and they're all worth nothing now. So I'm hoping that documentary was right. Or else I'm going to be really ticked off when it comes out as baseball cards are back. So we're back on baseball. There, I did have a question for you uh, yeah. in regards to baseball. Yeah. We don't do it enough justice probably. Yeah. Oh, ye of no bat flips. Uh, yeah. And no celebrations upon the home run. <laughs> yes. Did you have, have any beef last night with what was his name? Correa? Carlos Correa? Um, did you have any beef with that? I mean, no, here's it was my a thing. subtle bat flip, oh, but, but it was it. a disrespectful <laughs> he by Danny Cannell standards no, no, no. Uh, celebration. <laughs> no, here's where I go situational okay everything i'm about situations if the if the astros were up eight to nothing and it was a ninth inning home run and he did that i'd be let's go like time to throw down (laughs) you do that in the playoffs to win a game and a walk-off you do whatever you want you can twirl your way do backflips around the bases bro he gave the ear (laughs) then he shot the basketball like he shot his helmet helmet into the hey a walk-off danny's gonna hate no no i actually like it i'm I'm situational (laughs) celebrations uh, in those uh, circumstances, you know who wasn't celebrating at all? Mm. Two teams who at one time we thought were among the best in the NFC, the Cowboys and Rams, who each started the season 3-0, 3-0, have both fallen three weeks in a row to move to 500. It's the first time losing three in a row for the Rams under Sean McVay, who had to go against a really good 49ers team that... um Held the Rams to 165 total yards, 56 passing yards. That's the fewest in three seasons under Sean McVay. Only 10 first downs, seven points. You can go any way you want and look at this game. It was thorough dominance by the 49ers. So I think there is some part of we have to give credit to the 49ers. But also, what does this mean for the Rams who look bad? Um, it's, it's, this is, I want to be fair to the 49ers and therefore, uh, the Rams, because the 49ers are really good. 
and you can see their sideline, like their coaches, the defensive uh, coordinator, how fired up and invested he is and what's going on out there. And and uh, who is it, Shanahan? Is that their head coach? Yep, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Like he looks involved. Players seem to be um, you know, engaged and responding to what they're doing. So that team is for real. The Rams seem to be, um, I don't know, just something's a, a, a mess there. Like the whole Todd Gurley situation and the mystery that's kind of surrounded him coming into the season – now, I, and then this week, when you, when you roll out, what was it, a, a, a thigh bruise? Yeah. An undisclosed thigh bruise? When did that happen, Danny? I have like, no idea. You're not in pads. You're not running around banging. Like, there just seems to be something more going on in, in uh, L.A. that we're not being, you know, given the answers to, right? And then there is something real about, you know, stylistically. Like, when, when I played for the Suns, like, once we, we kind of – reinvented offense to a degree, right? Yep. No one was really playing like that. And it was hitting people in the face early. Like, it, people couldn't catch up to it. It took them years to catch. But then they started to catch up to it. Right. Like, they started to creep around with the answers. A couple teams started to figure out what they could do to slow us down. And once that, the blueprint was laid out, you know, other people started to take it and run with it. You know what I mean? So you weren't taking the league by storm with that offensive approach anymore. So I think there's something to that. But I also think there's something a little funky there in L.A., uh, with the Todd Gurley situation and, and, and all the secrecy around it. I think so too. I think it's, I don't even know if it's a secret anymore. I think his knee is just, it's banged up. Well, they're not, they're not you know? saying it. But they, they won't, but everybody kind of knows. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I, I think you. it's a condition where if it's an arthritic knee, there's nothing really you can do for it. They don't get like, better. No, exactly. Yeah. So I think what you're seeing is them trying to manage it. But why, you know, if you're trying to manage it, Maybe they looked, hey, he had a lot of work the last two weeks, but you had lost two in a row. You think, if anything, you're trying to get him back out there healthy. Maybe they're shelving him until they get him healthy. There is something going on, and we don't know what it is. The other thing is Jared Goff, right. who I still don't understand why they paid him before this season, and it was as bad as it gets. He only threw for 78 yards. That's the worst performance by a quarterback as far as passing yards. Um, since Charlie Whitehurst, uh, threw for, uh, less than 80 yards back in 2014. I just, Raj, when I look at him, I don't, I think he's okay. Right. But I think he was a product of that system you're talking about. And if people start to figure out the system, first of all, which I do think there is something, I think you're onto something there. They've seen a lot of game film of this system, the formations, some of those things that catch you by surprise. They've seen Todd Gurley and been able to control Todd Gurley. To where if you take those two things away, all of a sudden Jared Goff is going to look pretty pedestrian, which is what you've seen in this stretch. So why did you go out there and pay him as one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question, Danny. I'm, I'm, look, in, as a management, uh, or general manager or being in an executive office, I would always take the approach of let me see more. Yes. Like unless unless I am up against someone else like in the NBA and, and someone's offered you, you're a restricted free agent, someone's throwing a boatload of money at you and I want to keep you or we're talking about pure free agency, then I got to make a deal. Otherwise, if I have you under control, I need to see more. Unless you're just a slam dunk, like pardon the pun. Like you're right. just ridiculous and I know we're going to yep. lock that up. Which I short of that, be, I'm taking my time. I don't even know if Carson Wentz was a slam dunk, but Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate before he got hurt. He had led They're them different through. animals. They yes. are different animals, but they were one, two in the draft. And there's something, this, it was weird when they signed him because nobody saw this coming. Jared Goff and his people had never been outspoken about wanting a new deal. I right. think they were kind of surprised. Basically, what you handed him was a gift, and you didn't have to. You could have waited one more season. That was my only point. 
And if you come out, you're the Rams, and you say, we know he's our guy, then I'm okay with that. If you say, hey, we want to avoid anything, yeah. I just don't think it was that smart, and I think you could have gotten a better deal. And maybe you still make him your franchise quarterback, and he's going to be that one, but I think you're going to strap yourself financially with the contract that you gave to him. Uh, speaking of other quarterbacks who maybe should have been handed a deal and didn't get it and might actually be losing money because he didn't get it is Dak Prescott because we mentioned the Rams losing three in a row. The Cowboys are in the same boat after starting three and oh, losing three, um, back to back to back, including which was a much uglier loss. Like you yeah. look at the Rams, the 49ers are like, Hey, the 49ers may be one of the best teams in the league. Cowboys going to New York and losing Bowling to the four. Jets. Yeah. That's, that's as bad as it gets. Yeah. That's a, ver- that's a very concerning loss. Um, in and of itself, it's not – I mean, they're 0-4, but you really haven't seen the Jets this year. Like, real talk. You've seen right. Sam Darnold for, what, two right. quarters? Right. Then, then you know, and then you got Mono creep up. And so you don't – and the Jets' defense is for real. So you don't really know what the Jets are, even though the record is 0-4. But you couple in the – you know, the fact that Dallas should have come out um, and played inspired football after what's happened the last couple weeks, and they look just really lackluster. Like, not just – not just the way they perform, but their attitude looked like they were disinterested for a while, you know? Yep. They, they just, they kick it in gear late, but for three quarters or two and a half quarters, they just look like they're not going to be responding to what happened last week. And that's concerning for me. Like when you lay eggs, right. You're supposed to come out there and be firing on all cylinders or at least be chomping at the bit to get back on the field. I do want to give them a little credit though. Like you're without possibly the best left tackle in the game. Yep. Um, another starting offensive lineman and Amari Cooper. Um, but if you're asking for $40 million and this is specific to Dak Prescott, yeah, that doesn't matter. No, exactly. That's the type of category you're in where you make up for some Correct. of those things that are missing on the offensive side of the ball. As far as you would think, like I'm always scared from a gambling perspective when you've got a good team or a perceived good team and they've lost back to back. You're like, man, this is going to be a team backed up against the wall. They're going to be salty. Sure. This is going to be their best performance when you don't get that. To me, it falls on one person. Oh, yeah. And that's on Jason Garrett. That's on the head coach who Jerry Jones was asked about after the game. And he says, this is a great quote. I'm going to be very trite. I was a lot happier with what he had done the first three games than what's happened the last three games. Do you think? <laughs> you think you're going to be? But the big thing I want to say, it's not just him. This is across the board. They had a lot of input out there tonight to get in that spot. Now, he kind of protects his guy. This is the only reason Jason Garrett still has a job. It is Jerry's guy. It's his yes man. He's fired coordinators because uh, Jason Garrett has fired coordinators because that's what Jerry wanted. He's kind of always been the guy that says, yes, boss, whatever you need me to do. And that could be a good thing. I'm not faulting him for it. If I was making as much money coaching the, one of the big, biggest franchise in the NFL, I'd probably do the same thing. But at some point, you have to look at the results like this and a team which has majority been mediocre. And if it pans out this way this season, they're right around 500, which has kind of been his record. Right. You have to do some self-evaluating and say, what is the problem? Maybe it's the head coach. Um, I agree with you. If you're if you're the star, if you're America's team, and you yeah. hold yourself to that Super Bowl standard every year, um, you go out and you spend money on players and stuff that that in your estimation are are blue chip players. The the one spot that you haven't really addressed is the head coach, right? You have enough of a sample size on that. That is 500 football. Correct? Yep. Um, or somewhere in and about. Um, and I would disagree with Jerry when he says that, um, it wasn't just on him. This is across the board. When you're the head coach, all of that input that people are getting, that all falls under your, like, job description. You know what I mean? Like that offensive line getting their input. Guess who should have had some say in that? 
Right. You. That yep. defensive game plan that was put out there, guess who should have had some input in that or at least had to check off on it? Yep. You. Like, do you know what I mean? The, the play calling, what's the young guy calling plays now? Kellen Moore. Who Kellen was Moore's the hottest coordinator in the game. Three weeks ago, right? <laughs> yes. Like, but his game plan, guess who should have checked off and signed off on that? Yep. You. So I disagree with Jerry when he says that it doesn't fall all on Jason Garrett. It does. It's yeah. square, it falls squarely on his shoulders. I get it's frustrating. Did you see the video that went viral? I'm sorry to try to show you this because Jason Garrett, after one of these uh, stops, gets off the field. Some defensive players are running off the field and he's trying to give him high fives. Hey, nah. I mean, don't even acknowledge him. That's pretty harsh. I mean, he kind of looks like you know where that happens. I would be honest. You just left your coach hanging. Nah, listen, (laughs) this is hilarious to me because it happens again. I always the only thing I have to really draw parallels to is youth football. My son (laughs) has a head coach who just loves him some him. Right, right. right. And the kids don't really respond to him. And I just sit up there and watch it in the stands. Right. They respond to their assistant coaches who are more like in the trenches with them, like for whatever reason. right? Right. And I've got multiple videos because I video the games of dude running out trying to give somebody some dap and them just kind of walking right by him and going and hugging. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it is. I don't know. I don't know. It, that, it is you don't have a connection, dude. You right. have no connection. And there. maybe, maybe we're making a lot out no, of it. No, you're not. Maybe they're just. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. To me, those dudes are being, cause they know Jason Garrett is an offensive minded coach. To me, they're, that them is, that's them saying, come on, man. You, you got to pick this thing do up. Do your on job. Your yes. Do your do job. Do your job. Don't be out of here high fiving me. Go get the offense figured yeah. out. To me is what he was saying. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jason Garrett and the Cowboys the rest of the season as they are reeling right now. Another team that is reeling is the Cleveland Browns. And it looked like they were going to be okay yesterday. They jumped out to a quick lead. And I had actually taken the Seahawks in a big way because I was, and it was not the smart side of the money to be on. So I was like, dang it, Vegas is going to get it right. They end up blowing the lead. Baker Mayfield throws three more interceptions. That's 11 interceptions. Ooh. And as the perceived savior of the quarterback's problems, the quarterback problems that have plagued Cleveland over the last 20 years, all of a sudden, his 11 interceptions are the most for a Browns quarterback through six games since Paul McDonald had 12 in 1984. I don't even know who Paul McDonald is. It is it's ugly in Cleveland right now. I thought they could actually win this game, and they should have, but they're immature. Not only does it play out in between, you know, weeks in between games when they're dealing with the media. I think you saw an immature team not able to close out, start to get a little bit out tight, so they made some mistakes. And this is what they are. They're an immature, inexperienced team that's just not that good right now. Um, I really don't know what to say um, about the stats. I, I I heard some people, and I was sitting, I was sitting there with my dad, and, and and he played receiver in college. And so the last pick where the running back comes out of the backfield, and he, you know, it's on his hands, right? But it's, but it's, my dad was beefing with the receiver because he's he's you know he's a receiver. He's yeah, like, yo, you got to catch that. Yep. But my point was. You know, when you're talking about quarterbacks, point guards, right? Yep. As a point guard, I would always say, hey, look, I'm open. It's not good enough to just throw me a ball. Right. Because if I got to reach all the way over here to catch it, it takes me out of my rhythm to shoot the ball. If I got to go down to my shoelaces to catch it, it takes me out of my rhythm. You have to put that ball in a position where I, as the playmaker, can do something Especially with it. Especially if you were a catch and shoot if three I'm guy. Catch, and I was. Yeah, exactly. Right? You want so, that ball in a specific and area. I always say that to say that Baker, some of those picks, while they're bouncing off of people's hands, it's because you're making a, a a relatively easy catch, a very difficult one, and it, it's on you because your ball placement is not very good with that. You know yep. what I mean? Oh, and you bring up and accuracy was his thing, and you bring up an outstanding point because that is the difference in being a good to great quarterback and just being a guy that's out there that can win you some games. You have to be consistently accurate, and you're right. 
he was one of the most accurate passers we've seen in the history of college football, and he was pretty accurate last year. But pressure, man, pressure, and not only you know pressure from the media, but pressure on the field will make you his footwork is rushed, speed up, getting yeah. a little bit, you know, just there's something that's off about him, and it's he's flustered right now in the pocket, scrambles too early, and all of that goes into him being not as accurate, not as effective, and the decision making is being impacted too. So I think it's an issue where. I'm not saying they're going to bench Baker Mayfield or they're going to do anything like that, but it's oh, but he's Danny, got some work to do. You know, like he's got a long way to go, which is why so many guys are upset with him because he was christened before he actually did anything really meaningful. Well, we talked about it off air. I mean, I, I saw 19 Baker Mayfield commercials yesterday. Yeah, like you know what I mean. They're yeah. out there. He they, they just haven't been very good. And I'm not I'm not hating, but right. like you know that will get a lot of people um, to put that that target on your back. You know, yep. I I used like. The term like the game is like slow, mm-hmm. you know, like it's play- some people, the greats have an ability to see a game moving in full speed. They have an ability to see it slowly. Yep. It unfolds for them slowly. So the decision making for them like is is in a really safe place. Like it's slow. They can see what's going on. And while, for me, I wasn't as gifted as that. The game always moved really fast. Right. It took years for it to <laughs> slow down for me. I was like, oh, my God, I can't catch up. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think what you're saying is because of. All of that pressure and stuff going on around him, he's just—it's moving really fast. For yes, him. and he looks like it's—it's—it's it, it's hard. And I saw, and I, I don't want like, there was a play where he had um, Odell Beckham, combustible personality, right? Yep. You haven't seen this so far this year. He had Odell Beckham out in the on the left in the flat, right? And he threw the ball behind him. It was for a first down. And Odell jumped up in the air and kind of threw his hands and just kind of ran off the field, like yep. so it. it you could have said, like, that's Odell being frustrated that he didn't make the grab. To me, it said, I'm frustrated with the dude who's throwing me the ball because I'm open yep. and he's not putting it where I need it. Exact same thing. And that's what I was worried about this Browns team. If they face adversity like they are, how long before something, yeah. you know, before they start yelling at each other on sign? And then it comes bigger and maybe it won't be an issue. Uh, Baker, after the game, called out the refs, which I don't think is a great look. Yeah, the refs are never an excuse. Um, and I'll probably get fined for saying this, but it was pretty bad today. I mean, the guy's squared up with him, running at him. He's lowering his head into Jarvis. What's he supposed to do? Avoid him? I mean, this isn't bullfighting. I mean, I don't know. It takes me off. Did you see the face mask that wasn't called? Yeah, I was calling it out. Yeah. But they don't. I mean, they didn't see it. It's in the middle of a pile. Uh, another one that we have to overcome. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's definitely uh, one of the angles on there. Um, Showed that he scored, but uh, we wound up scoring. So ultimately, uh, we overcame that one, um, but there was a few more that we couldn't. All right, here's my take. You throw three picks, you can't. Uh, I, you might, he might be right in all of those, but you just can't after you throw three picks and you have a game like he did. You let Freddie Kitchens do that. Does Baker Mayfield have a PR firm? <laughs> I don't know, but he needs one yeah, because desperately. He, but I don't think he's. But he's gonna keep being the brash. I'm me. I'm gonna say whatever I want. So then for, he probably doesn't have one. He's not gonna listen right. to him either. If he well, did hire one, they, if he, he would not no, be he a needs great one. advertisement for a PR firm because no. he is doing everything at your press conference that you would advise him not to do <laughs> yes. post throwing three picks. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. So college football was a pretty fun weekend. We had some really good, compelling games that went on there, including a massive upset uh, that could shake up the playoff picture as well. Um, every Sunday, something happens that bothers me. Okay. All right. So we get the AP top 25 is released. I think it's around 12 or one o'clock. It comes out kind of under the radar before the NFL schedule releases. And usually somehow it irritates me this past weekend. So the previous week we had Clemson fall because they had only won by one point against North Carolina. Right. Right. Like, and everybody's like, Oh, Clemson's no good. Clemson's awful. And yet they won. So I'm like, what, what more do you want them to do? They won, but I was like, okay, maybe it didn't look that great. Right. So we'll say you can drop them a little bit. That's kind of, you know, it's a cool story, whatever. You want to feel like you're important and dropping Clemson. So this past weekend, they had fallen to number two and they were playing against my Florida State Seminoles. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they go out there. They take out some of their frustrations. It's 42 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. They are making their statement, right? They're going out there smoking Florida State. Go on to win by 30. They cover. They look impressive. So what do you think should happen to Clemson in the polls? If they were at two and they go beat their opponent by 31, and it's not an FCS school. I get Florida State is not as strong as always. No, take, don't take your chief shots in here. It's still Florida State. who is still an, uh, it's an opponent. It's an, <laughs> That's not an FCS opponent. And they shellack them. What yes. do you think should happen? No, I hear you, bro. I, 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 I hear you. And they drop, mm-hmm. they drop a spot after winning and convincingly winning at that. And meanwhile, the team from the SEC, who has been good and had a nice win against Florida at home, jumps them going all the way to two from the five spot. This to me is way too much overhype of the Southeastern Conference. It really is. Florida is a pretty good team. We don't know how good they're going to be, but because they were ranked in the top 10 the week before, then you're like, oh, my goodness, this is an exceptional, outstanding win for LSU. It's a good win, but it's a conference win. Not that much different than what Clemson did at Florida State, except Clemson housed them. Yeah, I would. Look, I know you have a beef and a thing with, with the SEC conference, right? Like, yes. I get that. Not um, that much of a beef. I just think they should be treated. They get, you get favorable. The, they yeah. got an advantage. I hear you. Yes. And, and I do think it played itself out to some degree here. Because while I do think LSU is a top three, four team in the country. I yes. don't know that they need to leapfrog Clemson after Clemson's sitting in number two and they dismantle Florida State. Um, it was a good win. I do think Florida is, is a good team. I think they're for real. Um, and they were ranked, what, seven when, when LSU beat them? Yep. I, I don't think that's enough. I'll support what you're saying. I don't think that's enough for them to leapfrog Clemson. Ultimately, though. Or Ohio State, really. When you look at Ohio State, I think if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm like, maybe hey, we didn't even play. Like, we were just sitting here, and you got we got jumped. None of that really bothers me, though. Because it's all going to sort itself out in, right. in the wash, I believe. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I, I think that at the end of the day, Clemson is going to have its opportunity like they always do to show and prove. Ohio State as well. Control your own destiny by running through what you got to run through, and you'll be sitting where you need to sit. And don't forget either, Florida still put up some points against that LSU defense. That was concerning. With their backup quarterback. That was Remember, Felipe Franks was the They starter. were playing two backup quarterbacks because they were <laughs> exactly. running the other Emory kid. Emory Jones there. Yeah. in there too. Yeah. Like, so they're rolling quarterbacks out there. And if that was any, if that was the Big 12, we're saying, oh, they don't play any defense in the Big 12. If it's the ACC, we're Valley. saying, ah, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. But because it's the SEC and we perceive them differently, it's, hey, that's one of the best wins of the year. Valid. So they go out there and jump them up. Uh, an exciting game. It, it was a fun game for, yeah. for most of four quarters. It was. Oh, it was a, it was a really fun game. Yeah. It was a thoroughly entertaining. 
George, on the other hand, was one of the biggest surprises of the weekend. Again, now here goes the favorable treatment again. If that's another conference and you lose to a team that's 500 in South Carolina you don't at home. On. You don't hang on to the top. No, team. you're saying, ah, you're out. And you might even be out of the playoff conversation. Now, for Georgia's not. If they run the table, which I don't think they do. I think they have some. I was not as high as Georgia as a lot of people were coming into the season. Uh-huh. I don't think they run the table and win the SEC. If they do, they're in because you basically get an automatic bid as the SEC right. conference champion, which I think they'll get um, in that case. Um, Joe Burrow, I'm just going to start referring to him as the 2019 Heisman Trophy winner. Joe Burrow. Like, been, that's what I'm going to go ahead and say. From the rooftops, the from the jump. You are not late to the bandwagon. No. So I give you credit for that. He was awesome. Uh, he had four pass touchdowns. He's had at least three in all six games this year. He did have his first pick, but it wasn't costly. The other thing, too, is Jonathan Taylor fell out of the conversation with probably his least uh, impressive performance, held under 100 rushing yards for them. What it's ultimately come down to, and I know Bama fans probably hate me saying this because it feels like an anti-Bama, if Tua beats Joe Burrow in Tuscaloosa when they play each other, he'll probably win it. Right. I just I, I have a feeling about Joe Burrow that he's going to have find a way to get it done. But, again, talking about LSU's defense, they're going to get shredded by Alabama's offense. But I, but Alabama's defense isn't as great as it's been historically either. So that's going to be a shootout type of game that probably will determine the Heisman Trophy. We see Jalen Hurts funny, coming in at third. How funny is that, though? What? How funny is that? Like that you said, that's going to be a shootout game when five years ago, yeah, that was a grind you out nine to six games. Yes, it is. But Steve, here's and this is what drives me nuts. If this was the Big Twelve, we'd play. They, they don't play any defense. All of a sudden, we're raving about the offenses, yeah, which is what we should have been doing about the Big Twelve forever what? when we're trashing them. Uh, you see, Jalen Hurts, who did have an impressive performance in the uh, Red River shootout. I didn't think he was super impressive in that game. Um, like I thought he was good and he won and he had over a hundred yards rushing well, and he had 200, you know, 250 or something passing. I just, I, think, I don't think he's in the same category as the top two. Well, I think he brings another dynamic that, they, I mean, like he, what did Joe Burrows, Joe Burrows missed three balls. Like he was 21 for 24. Yeah. What do you have? Three passing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, Jalen was two and change, 150 on the ground, like something like that. I'm wondering, he was, he went. He was, he was impressed. But he also had a couple balls that could have been intercepted. I'm not saying he's as pure a passer as those dudes. Like, I'm not breaking down right. him as a pro prospect. I'm talking about as a Heisman candidate. Yeah. I don't think you can discount what the numbers his teams are putting up. They beat a very good Texas team. And the fact that he is making up for some of the, the passing yards that they may outgain him with, 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 uh, yardage on the ground. Yep. It's, um, it's interesting, guys. I I don't I don't think he's in the race as much. I think it's a two man race. But hey, there's no one gives out the uh, Heisman except for me in October. <laughs> I'm the only one who's willing to give it out yet. Uh, and I think he's absolutely in the conversation. I just think he's starting to fall back a little. Yeah, he might be off the not. pace a little bit. He might be physically. He's not. He's okay. I just didn't think it was as impressive. Um, the first pick of the season was for Tua. Burrow didn't throw the pick Saturday. It was uh, Tua Tagovailoa yeah. had his first interception, which is insane. When you think about the number of games he's played, the amount of passes he's thrown, to even have just one is pretty absurd. Can I just say I haven't really watched Bama play this year? My Saturdays are not, they're not they, really they playing anybody. They're, they're not. And, and my Saturdays are super busy. Right. I, I caught some of their game uh, this weekend. Yeah. Every single person at a skill position at Alabama is significantly is, better than significantly the guy, better than the guy that, he's playing against. I think that hurts Tua. It is ridiculous. I mean, you get guys wide open. He and, throws little like yeah. bubble screens. Them gone. Are all gone. Yep, exactly. Uh, you did take in your Miami Hurricanes. I did. Vegas was right. 
<laughs> this was that game. It's hard to figure out. None of us saw it coming, and yet Vegas saw it from the get-go. Miami pulls off the win. Good yeah, for them. I'm good, good for them. Um, uh, Russo, uh, Greg Russo. Yeah. Got to start at defensive end. Yep. He's a manimal. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a beast. He's a beast. And here's what bothers me, though, and this is, we don't have the time for it. Manny Diaz, I listened to him on, on the way in, and they pressed him about the starting quarterback position. Yep. And he says, Jaron is still our starter. Oh, boy. If, if he's healthy and he can show us that he's ready to bounce back from the Virginia Tech game. Like, what does that even mean? What are you, like, what are you talking about? Nikosi Perry's been out there two games, led the comeback, won he against really has Virginia. sparked this team. When you say, I want to make a change because I want to create a spark, Nikosi Perry has been that spark. And even if, so Nikosi, why risk it? And even if, listen, even Just if you say Nikosi isn't the guy, right. then go ahead and unequivocally say that Jaron is the guy. Right. Don't, why are we in limbo with this? If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right. Pick one and go with them, and I think it is Nikosi Perry. Welcome back to Canal and Bell. Mondays are crazy because we have so much to get to because there's always uh, so many great games, so many great outcomes. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are a uh, center conversation now, and not in a good way. Kind of similar to the Rams and the Cowboys, although their problems aren't as bad. But if you go back to their win against the Lions, where they were, they needed a fourth quarter drive to win that one, then it's back-to-back losses against the Colts and Texans. All of a sudden, they just, they look human, right? At yeah. the beginning of the year. And I think we do this in, as a whole, whether it's media members, analysts, whatever you want to call us who are in this business, that we just assume too many things. Like I think yeah. when we come into college football, we assume Bama and Clemson. And we forget it's kind of hard. I think we came in assuming Patrick Mahomes is going to throw another 50 touchdowns. Maybe he still does. But I think we just make too many assumptions. It's hard. Those types of seasons don't happen all the time for a reason. And I think that's what you're seeing unfold. Mahomes, they're human. They're not as beatable as other ones. And also, you know what else I think we're starting to figure out? There is a plan blueprint. that defeats them. There's a blueprint. Yes. Yeah. I left that game um, fully convinced that there's a blueprint. We talk about this all the time. Like, get keep your keep the other team's best player off the field. Yes. And that's what is you know essentially they're doing. He, they ran um, 47 plays. Kansas City did yesterday to 83 um, for Houston. Yeah. It's a huge disparity in the number of plays you get to run. That means that uh, you watch the second half of that game. I don't have the numbers, but my eyeball just said that man. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is never on the field. Like, I think it was single digits the amount of times he was on the field in the second half. If you can do that, that's the blueprint. Um, as far as Patrick Mahomes goes, they've lost their, their balance. Yeah. Now their balance might not be 50 50 pass to run. I mean, Pat, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It might not have been that to start. Their balance might have been 25 run, 75% pass. But when you lose Kareem Hunt, You've lost the ability to run the ball effectively for that 25% of the time. So when you skew your, your balance as an offense and you start, no matter how good the quarterback is, when you're telling an opponent, Hey man, I'm not, I'm not running. All I'm going to do is throw it. That's all we can do is throw it. Uh, it puts them in a much more susceptible spot, like to get picked or to make mistakes. Yep. I think they still, they need to learn one to have more balance. I think there also is a, there's a delicate balance between being this high flying offense that's hitting on big chunk plays. Mm-hmm. But also being patient and taking what they're given to you. And I think that's their tendency, whether it's Mahomes or Andy Reid or all the together. They're always trying to make that big highlight play as opposed to sometimes it's okay to go down the field, like drive the length of the field. Sure. And he's making, and I think Mahomes is trying to make a little bit too many of the circus throws, which he can. Yeah. And he's done them before, but he just, you just got to dial it back a little bit. You talked about 
how to beat them. The blueprint is unfolding very clearly. We always say, hey, it's a 60-minute game, right? 60-minute game. The Texans possess the ball for almost 40 minutes. That's incredible. 40 minutes to 20 minutes for the Chiefs. That's insane when you think about it. And from a quarterback's perspective, when you're out there and you're getting the football and you kind of get yourself in a rhythm, you go, you hopefully go down the field, score a touchdown. Then you go back to the bench, get a drink, look at some plays. Oh, there's our defense. Let me throw a couple balls, get back out there. Right. When you go over there, over the sideline, you get your drink, you look at some film, and you get your drink and you're ready to go, and they're still driving. And yeah. you're like, okay, all right, they're still driving. It just it throws you off a little bit from your rhythm. And I think and and you're also not on the field, so you right. can't do any damage. So the blueprint to beat them is to keep them off the field. And it's working. And until the Chiefs figure out to get a little bit more stout against the rush, they're gonna find themselves in this position because we saw it with the Colts. We saw it a little bit creep in with the Lions. This is going to be what teams are going to do to you. Yeah, they can't stop the run defensively. It's on them. But I do think it's interesting what you just said because even offensively, um, and and they've got uh, uh what's his name, Hopkins. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre oh no, Hopkins. no, no, uh, Sammy Watkins. No, DeAndre. Oh, Hopkins you're talking for, about the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and he's downfield deep threat, and, and yeah. like he can do everything, right? Yep. But they chose to throw the ball a certain way. If you watch Houston, like they did not try to chunk it up there. Like right. it was almost like. They were going to work underneath and just control the ball, even with their pass game. Not just, I mean, they ran it effectively, but even their pass game wasn't big play pass game, right? And if you've got all these weapons in your Kansas City, you need to stay on the field more as an offense. You can't run the ball to, to sustain that. Well, Travis Kelsey gets open against anybody. Yep. Like Tyreek Hill gets open against anybody. Sammy Watkins can get, just don't send them 40 yards down the field. Right. Like, to your point. Right. right. Like control the game. They're so vertical. They're so vertically oriented, which is a great thing. Like every offense wishes they could have the vertical pass. Yeah. But then you're, if it doesn't work, you're three, you're three and out. You're, and then you're, your defense on the field out, and they're getting worn out yeah. defending twice as many plays as your defense is. Tyreek Hill might have had the catch of the year. It was insane. It's good to see him back, uh, in the weapon that he is. And you can see why with some of the athleticism that he's got. This was absurd. This was early in the game. Uh, first quarter. Like, this is the vertical passing game. Well, that's talking a free about. play, right? There exactly. was a flag. And yeah, that was free All right, play. I was like, but, he just chucked that. That's <laughs> exactly. But he just goes right over. I mean, it looks like he's about four feet in the air. Goes right over the Texan defender. Might be the catch of the year. And not only comes down with it, but gets across the goal line. That is just like he is athletically. That is, <laughs> that those is are gifts. Yeah. Uh, so you can see the type of weapon he is. Might be the catch of the year when you see that award given out at the end. Deshaun Watson also, you know, we've talked about MVP. I don't think we've ever kept him out of it, but I think nationally he's going to be start to creep in that conversation, and he should be for what he means to the game. So these were some of my takeaways. Like I didn't organize my thoughts very well, yeah. But right here, like that was my takeaway from that game. Watson is a winner. He's a yeah. winner. Like yep. that's that's what I mean. He and I, that's what drove me nuts when he was getting, uh, you know, picked apart coming out of Clemson. Well. Who is he playing against? You know what he did against Bama? Eight touchdowns, one interception. Yeah. And he won them a national championship and won a lot of games. He finds a way how to get it done. How many teams, game on the line, fourth down, late in the game, would go for it and trust their quarterback in a short yarded situation to throw it? I know. Which they did, threw for it, and he got it. And Incredible. bought just a little bit of time. It wasn't perfectly timed up. He had to, like, go off kilter. Yep. Found a way to make the play. That's a perfect way to describe him. And that's one of the reasons that – Dabo Sweeney was coming out of Clemson, who, by the way, he got hammered for saying this, said he's a Michael Jordan-like player, and he has that type of quality. And I think that's what Dabo was trying to allude to. I don't think he was saying he's going to be the greatest of all time. He was saying he just has this ability to win yeah. games. 
And it's the greatest compliment you could play to anybody. Sure. I'd rather be known as a winner than, hey, he threw 40 touchdowns or he did something. Describe me as a winner. That's the biggest compliment Correct. you could play to somebody. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see what he's doing. Um, the Carolina Panthers played early yesterday, and I think we're going to do later in the week a whole segment on Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota and the way their careers are going. But Kyle Allen continues his tear for the Carolina Panthers. Our producer, Joey, came up with a great line. What is it? Because I think we need to start something. We need to start a movement on here. We had Minshew Mania, right, in Jacksonville. Okay. Minshew Mania. We need Kyle Allen Sanity. Are we going with it? Kyle Allen Sanity. Kyle Allen Sanity. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no. I know. That's no. Come on. You and he Joey. God thing. bless you. Kyle Allen Sanity. Out. What? <laughs> I don't well, even not, know. I, you don't, you don't say, say the first name. It's just Alan Sanity. You don't say just, Kyle Allen Sanity. It's just Alan Sanity. Just Mitch Mania, Sanity. I think, is done. It's Cal. It's, it's yeah. Alan. Mitch Mania is done Alan because he lost. But he needs a mustache or he needs some long hair. For our viewers, like. <laughs> you apologize for I, that. I take. do. And I'm going to need to be involved in any more of these, like, brainstorming sessions regarding, like, corny, cheesy. I kind of uh, like it. Alan Sanity. How can you not like that? Um, you know who's buying into Alan Sanity? The Carolina Panthers are. That's right. Uh, Cam Newton's not going to play again I, I, for the Carolina Panthers. Tell me, tell me. I said, tell you, me. Tell you me. did. You called it. I, I know that. You called it. Now they've got the out because they keep saying, oh, we need another week for, to evaluate, <laughs> which I actually can appreciate. Right. Like for Cam Newton, it probably is a little bit easier to swallow and it's not as, it's embarrassing to get benched. Like no one wants to be benched. I've been benched. It Correct. sucks. You've planned out how to manage this for Cam Newton. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like you owe him that much. Exactly. So now they're five and zero. Oh. I would. I do think it gets a little bit interesting. Like at some point, do you think, like you were talking about Manny Diaz for the Miami Hurricanes saying, Hey, they need to just commit to a starter. At some point, do the Panthers need to come out and say, Kyle Allen is our starter for the rest of the year? Or do you still buy yourself time by no. just saying, Hey, we don't, he's our quarterback. It's Cam long, still hurt. That's why the plans and like you owe it to Cam and it also buys you time to not have to come out there. You want to save whatever perceived distraction this could be for as late as you can save. Like you want to push it. You know what I mean? So as long as Cam is cool with being like shelved because of an injury, it doesn't become a thing, right? You don't want to tell this guy that he's not the starter anymore. I would just continue to push it. There will become, there will come a time though when he's healthy that yeah, you're going to have to do that. Not right now. What date is today is the fourth. So yes, so they have a bye week. The Panthers do, which is another week for Cam to get healthy. And then they have to go on the road to face the 49ers. Like you're going to find out. We saw Minshew Mania end. It doesn't even matter. No, I know. I, I don't think it does either. It but here's my here's my here's what my question was. If they lose, which they'll be underdogs in this game, Forty right. ers might be the best team in the league. If they lose that game and Kyle Allen struggles, then you've got a little bit of a quarterback yeah. controversy on your hands. Then do you go back to Cam or do you go with the guy that's five and one? Yeah, you have to be praying. Like first of all, you got to be praying that you win if you're Carolina. But if you should lose, it's got to be you know he can have a pick. Right. Uh, but he's got to have good numbers. He can't go out there and throw four picks and look over his head because now we do have a conversation. Right now, there's no conversation, Danny. Right. You don't there, have to you, have you, it. You don't have to have it. Listen, bro, you got eyeballs just like everybody else, Cam. Right. Look at what this offense looks like with the kid. We love you. We love what you've done and represented in, in, in our community. Time has come. But if he goes out and lays a pure egg where you're talking four pick, if he has a... Yeah, awful game. Yes. Like, um, what's your boy from, uh, why can't I call his name from Florida State? You just talked, uh, on, yeah. No, Jameis and Marcus. Like, if he no, did what yeah. they did yesterday, yeah. then, then James you have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. I, I stopped throwing him after three. Like, I shut it. Don't start. <laughs> just stop throwing him. Oh, start like rifling taking into sacks. The grass. Yes. After three, five interceptions. I can't imagine it. Yeah. Um, it'll be very interesting. Don't forget. You do have like salaries that come involved. Kyle Allen is cheap. 
Cam Newton is not. If you're the Panthers and you maybe you've been debating an exit strategy for Cam, this is like a gift to you. You can move on and you've got your excuse. Now, again, there's a lot of football left to be played. Let's we'll see how that goes. Um, it'll be something we'll keep an eye on uh, for sure. Lamar Jackson was in the MVP conversation, kind of cooled off a little bit. Yeah. I have been saying for a while now, he is Michael Vick 2.0. I don't get any pushback when I say he's a better passer. Everybody's like, yeah, he's a better passer. Mm-hmm. When I say he's a better runner, people get all upset at me. They're like, no, 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 no. Mike Vick was right. special. He was the best runner we've ever seen. I think Lamar Jackson is just as good. Hopefully, people are starting to buy in this a little bit. So he became the first quarterback since Mike uh. Vick to with 100 yards rushing in the first half of a game. He's the third quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 150 rushing yards in a game, and he's still tearing it up through the air. He's going to have his highlight reel-type runs where he embarrasses defenders. Those will come, but he is insane. Lamar, look, I'm a fan, bro. Um, I'm not telling you not to run. Right, right? No, right. I'm not. I'm not telling you not to run because clearly that's a weapon, and it makes you kind of who you are. Continue to develop as a passer. Get down, though, brother. Yeah. Like, some of those at the end of those electrifying runs, what did two more yards get you? Right. Nothing. They don't. They Another don't hit. Another, Another hit. Uh, yeah. That's what they get you. So, take a page out of Russell Wilson's playbook and get all you can get, man. And the last three yards on the total, let's say we were talking about, you know, 130 yards instead of 150 yards. Right. Is it really that big of a deal? So, I gave some stats. I didn't give the one that matters the most because I gave it like, hey, he's the third quarterback ever. He's the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 200 plus passing yards and 150 plus rushing yards in a single game. I, mean, he, uh, I also will say this. I wish the Ravens would stop designing so many runs for him. He yeah. des- there were a lot of designed runs. That's always been my thing for Lamar Jackson is survival for 16 games. And he's been really durable as, ma- as much as he's running, that but that last. can't sustain. I mean, look last. at Cam Newton, who's, last. you know, his career, he's 30 and we're like, Hey, how is he? Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to see that happen to Lamar Jackson. In fairness to them though, I think when Gives he hopped out against, win. yeah, and when he hopped out against the Dolphins, they thought he was pure passer ready and he's probably not yet. And that's not, I mean, he's a second year quarterback. Do you right. know what I mean? There's still time for that, but I'm with you. All don't right. Get him hurt. My, my boy Joey here made up our rundown and he wants to leave with Stefan Diggs in Minnesota. This isn't about Stefan Diggs. This is about my guy, Kirk Cousins, getting all his naysayers off his back, going out there. Do you know how hard it is when you got ex-teammates? Do you see this last I week? Did, I did. His ex-teammate, linebacker for the Eagles, is like, everybody wants us to face. We want to face Kirk Cousins. We want him to throw because he's garbage. And he goes out there and silences him. Yeah. You know Good what, for my you man, know, Kirk You know what Cousins. you shouldn't do that if you're an Eagles? When you got a garbage secondary. <laughs> you shouldn't be selling out. Uh, but I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. If Kirk Cousins – and he he's put up numbers in the NFL before – Yep. This seemed like but more this is of the a win point. over a 500 team. Like he needs these win over winning teams. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm still not a Kirk Cousins, but he does operate in the space of, of you guys are doubting me and the world is against me better than he operates in the space of I'm an $84 million guaranteed. Right. Like, uh, next coming of, 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 um, I don't know, Brett Favre. Right. You know what I mean? So get the chip back on your shoulder and to the offensive coordinator, whoever's calling plays. Finally, well, open it up. Well, yeah. Should have been doing this all along. Come on, man. Stephon Diggs at 40 some fantasy points. Of course points he's yesterday. happy. Yeah, three touchdowns. <laughs> Welcome to Canel and Bell. Welcome back. Uh, situational celebration. Yeah. That's what I am, uh, a proponent of, right? Yeah, There's yes, sometimes you yes. don't want to show up the opponent. Other times when you're losing, I'm not a huge fan of it. So that's what you had take place. The Seahawks game. Uh-huh. Everyone loves the celebration, right? For the Seattle Seahawks, they scored a touchdown against the Browns. Their receivers very choreographed. Go out and do a little. Did you, do you know what this is? Uh, I don't. I didn't know what it was at first, but do you know what it is now after you're watching it. Uh, it's a boy band. 
no. What's that in sync? Baby, bye, bye, bye. Who's there goes that? the oh, hey, bye, in sync. Yeah, so, it, okay. so it's the in sync dance. There were four boy band members. They do the dance it's from the video. Wait a minute. They go back You're and forth. You're telling me that just because they're down two points right now that yes. they're not allowed to they're celebrate? They're losing in That's this ridiculous. Game. That's absurd. All right. Now they're All down right. 30. I'm with you, dude. But they're right. down two points. It's halftime, Danny. All right. I'll give you a little bit on that one. But if they had lost this game, would it bother you? Now, they no. didn't win. No. So you're okay no. then. It's still they're not getting demolished. I will say that. The bad so look is if you're down like 25. So I'll give this like it's a pass. It's not a I love the celebration. It's a pass for it. Again, I'm not a huge so fan. You just gave out a situational pass. <laughs> I did. In your situational, situational celebration debate? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's a pass for now. Uh, do you like the NSYNC throw, like, shout out for them? I thought it was pretty creative. Yeah, I don't, it's the I, last thing you would think, like, guys in 2019 are yeah, throwing shout outs. I'm okay with that. I, I, I like that creative. creativity. I yeah. also like, did you see Stefan Diggs and his buddy, uh, they went and they they put the uh, they put their hands down. They went to like race. Oh yeah, like, and then they they were, actually started yeah, the sprint. That good. one's been done before though. Oh, has it? Other guys have right. done like the sprinting in the end zone, which was pretty good. My, my only thing with the Seahawks is you're doing bye 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 when you're down. Bye 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 should be if you win at the end, or take like the yeah, lead. in the fourth quarter. See, Joey's on it. You're down. You Alan sanity, baby. Way too much thought being put into this by the two of you. Like the Alan sanity. <laughs> Yes. It's bad. We're going to make it a thing. We're going to make Al Insanity a thing if we do anything oh. on this show. That's what it's going to be. The other thing that was interesting is Tony Romo, there was video of him in the broadcast booth before the game, the Jets and the Cowboys, and he's taking all, he's playing chess. This is in the booth before the uh-huh. game, and they're doing the time chess. Apparently, this guy is like ranked 10, top 10 in the world. I don't know enough about chess to realize if these moves are actually strategic and he's like in the game, or is this guy about to dust him? I don't know anything either, but I guess... So what you're trying to sell to me is like Tony Romo is just great at every single thing he does. Yes, like in his face, like he's out there all dialed in, and oh, he's got to call a game, but he can also do this right before the game. He's a great golfer. He was yes, which already there's no denying that. Great broadcaster. Yes. Hey, God bless Tony Romo. (laughs) Exactly. Makes a lot of money doing what he does. He's had a great career. (laughs) Wife's beautiful. Got beautiful. I I didn't know that. Great for him. No, good for him for doing it. I don't know if he's a great chess player. I couldn't tell you either because I don't play chess. So we're so we're like worthless compared to Tony Romo. It's <laughs> basically what you're saying. Well, but, uh, send me out somebody tell us. If somebody's morning. watching that. Somebody that knows chess. Tell us if those moves were legit. Can were they legal? Tell? Were they even legal right. moves for the said piece that he was moving? Who knows? All right, that's a wrap for us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll break down some more of the NFL. I'll be off tomorrow. I'm moving tomorrow. Are you I'll really? be back on Wednesday. Yeah, I got oh, movers oh, coming. I got everything doing. So stressful. And, liquidate, yeah. dude. Yeah, I'm gonna liquidate tonight. Liquidate. Throw a bunch of throw away a bunch of junk. All right. That's a wrap for no us. No memorabilia, though. No. Stumble home. I got to sell it. That's why I need to make some money, pay some bills. We'll be back to uh, Raja's back tomorrow. See ya.